Good morning. I'm thankful to God for another opportunity to stand before you with the word of God. Over the years, uh, during summertime, we study about the attributes of God or, or uh, characteristics of God. And uh, when he assigned me this message, he asked me, if possible, continue that theme. And uh, over the years, many of our brothers have spoken from this pulpit about the various characteristics or attributes of God. God is love, He is full of grace, He is holy, He is just, and we can go on and on. And I would like to talk specific about a specific attribute of God, which is that He is changeless. Before I start, Evan, so loving to see you here. We are praying for you. Uh, it's good to see the energy you have. We continue to pray that your God will give you continued strength and uh, and uh, able to do what you like to do. Go and attend the wedding. Let's thank you again. God does not change. In James chapter one, verse seventeen, we read, "Every good and perfect gift is from above." Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Our God does not change like shifting shadows. If you think how shadows work, a shadow moves and changes depending on from the form from where the light comes. But God is not like that. He is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. This morning we sang the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. In that song, one of the verses, the first verse is, There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thou compassions, they fail not. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. What does this mean? Shadows are caused by light. God is not the shadow. God is light. God does not change. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for your loving kindness towards us. We stand in front of your word, Father. Give me the grace and strength. To speak clearly, Father, may your name be glorified through me. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let me ask you a question. What is the distance between two rails, two rails on a railroad? The distance between the two rails is exactly four feet eight and a half inches. Four feet eight and a half inches. That is an odd number, isn't it? Why it? Why it's not five feet? Why it? Why is it four feet eight and a half inches? Bear with me as I take you through history. In the United States, the rails are four feet eight and a half inches because that is the way they were built in England. And as you can imagine, American railroads were built by British British folks. So why did England? have that measurement for railroads. Because before railroads were there railroads there were tramways 
used in England and those tramways were four feet eight and a half inches. The people who built the tramways used the same gauge that were used on wagons. Why were wagons built with that measurement? Because they wanted to have the wheels of the wagons match the ruts, match the ruts that were already on the road. So who built the rutted roads? Who built the rutted roads? The roads were built by Imperial Rome for the benefits of the legions. The ruts in the road were made by Roman war chariots. So why are the wheels of the Roman war chariots four feet eight and a half inches apart? Because the chariots were pulled by two horses and four feet eight and a half inches was the combined width of two horses rear ends. <laughs> so, so now, after almost 2,000 years, one of our transportation methods was determined by the measurement of two horses behind. I only say this story because there are things that do not change in this world, but in this case of distance between trails, that was set for convenience. The fact that God does not change is not because of convenience. God does not change because he is God. The world is constantly changing. We see new technology. We see new ways of doing things. We see changes in seasons. We see changes in the weather. We see changes in the in the Bible in the in people. This evening we are going to discuss some of the changes happening around us. Brother Abe will be leading that. But God does not change. Let me read a few verses in the Bible that emphasize how God does not change. We just read the verse in James, but there are so many other verses that shows God is changeless. Listen carefully to these verses because it shows that God does not change, but God wants his people to change and be like him. Hebrews 1 verse 12. You will roll them like a robe, like a garment, they will be changed. But you remain the same and your ears will never end. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says, I the Lord do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Psalm 110 verse 4 says, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Psalm 55 verse 19 says, God is enthroned from of old who does not change. He will hear them and humble them because they have no fear of God. 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 9 and 15 verse 29 says, God changed Saul's heart and all the signs were fulfilled that day. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a human being that he should change his mind. Numbers chapter 23 verse 19 says, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Even though God does not change, God is the author of change, 
from Jesus Jesus's first miracle on earth of changing water to wine he has been an author of change in each of his children but Jesus is not changed Hebrews chapter 3 verse 8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever over the last year there has been a lot of change with the covid-19 pandemic the virus responsible for the pandemic is called SARS-CoV-2 i i learned a lot about the virus because unis and her team has been studying the virus at work and we are working from home too at that time we heard the news about how this virus mutates often how this virus mutates often mutate is defined as as change or caused to change in form of or nature immutable is opposite of that something that does not change so another word of god's changeless character is immutable you might have heard about the immutability of god today sermon title is immutability of god or the changeless god i know we like having points that start with the same letter so today with the help of the holy spirit i would like to talk about five letter p's that we have because of god's immutability the first point or first p i would like to put forward is promises because god does not change his promises do not change there is a story of a man who right before his death called his lawyer doctor and pastor he gave each of them an envelope containing 30000 dollars in cash he made each of them promise that after his death they would place the three envelopes on his coffin before he was buried placed this three envelope on his coffin before he was buried the old man wanted to have enough money to enjoy during his afterlife a week later the man died and sure enough the lawyer doctor and pastor each put an envelope in the coffin several months later the lawyer doctor and pastor met together the pastor started feeling guilty he asked the doctor and lawyer for forgiveness because he put only he only put 10000 in the envelope he used the rest of the money for a mission needed in south america at this point a doctor started feeling guilty and admitted that he too had kept some money and the envelope had only 8000 in it he said he contributed the rest of the worthy dust of the money for medical charity by this time lawyer was getting angry and was deeply disappointed with the pastor and the doctor he said i am the only one who kept the promise to our dying friend i want you both to know that the envelope i placed in the coffin contained the full amount indeed my envelope contained my personal check for the entire $30,000 <laughs> i need to say a lawyer joke here even <laughs> we cannot always trust in the promise of human beings 
can we? But we can always trust in the promises of God. We hear about broken promises in marriage. We hear about broken promises in property and wealth management. We hear about broken promises in families. But God's promises do not change. There are, there are a lot of promises in the Bible. A person who is actually a school teacher from, from Ontario, Canada, one day decided to count all the promises in the Bible. To count the promises, he read through the Bible 26 times. On the 26th, 7th reading, he decided to count all the promises that he had marked in the Bible. He counted 7,487 promises in the Bible. That is over 20 promises per day throughout the year. This is God's promise book. Some of the promises in this Bible are very precious to me. Let me just uh, read a few that I use in my life. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and, be, will, and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Psalm 32, 8. Another promise. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 to 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. James chapter 1 verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. First John chapter 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There are so many promises. I could go on and on. I encourage each of us to memorize several promises in the Bible that are precious to you. When you have changing circumstances or fearful circumstances or circumstances that give you anxiety, grief or make you depressed, those memorized verses will give you comfort. If our desire is to grow in faith, then we have to focus on the unfailing promises of our unchangeable God. I would like to discuss one more thing about promises before I move on to the next word that starts with the letter P. Have you noticed that a lot of God's promises are tied with a command? For example, Psalm 46 verses 1 to 3 starts with a promise but it is followed up with a command. God is our refuge and strength and an ever-present help in trouble. That's the promise. What is the command that follows that? Therefore, we will not fear through the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. So the promise is, God is our refuge and strength, but the command is not fear. Let me give you another example. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 starts with a command, but that ends with a promise. Do not fear for what is ending that. What is ending to that? 
for I am with you. We see here a command followed with a promise. How about Psalm 107, 1, which starts with a command, give thanks to the Lord. The ending is the promise. For he is good, his love endures forever. Again, a command followed with a promise. When the Israelites fled slavery for Egypt, they found themselves in a very vulnerable situation. The Red Sea was in front of them. Pharaoh's army was behind them. What did Moses say through the power of the God's power of God's spirit? Again, another promise and, com- and command. Exodus chapter 14, verse 14. The Lord will fight for you. Was the promise. What was the command to the Israelites? You need only be still. Let me read, read that again, because this is an important promise for many of us. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. We are prone to forget God's promises when we are weak. But that is when we should embrace His promises more. As promises become more prominent in our life, our changeless God will become more precious to us. Let me get into the second P, and that is God's purpose. The first point was, God's promises are unchangeable. The second point is, that God's purposes are unchangeable. Robert Mulholland Jr. Was, has, has written many Christian books. In one of his books, titled, Invitation to a Journey, Mulholland tells the story of a woman who he met. The woman was a product of an unwanted pregnancy. Her mother was a prostitute, and the mother did not know who the father was. The mother had debated whether to keep the baby or abort, but decided to keep her. The woman woman grew up and later found faith in Christ. God blessed her with many things. She got a Christian husband, beautiful children, and a life of love and stability. But there was one thing bothering her, and that was she wanted to know who her father was. She became obsessed with trying to find out who her father was. One day, she was standing next to the kitchen sink, washing dishes, and she started crying with tears of anguish and frustration. She cried out loud, Oh God, who is my father? Then she heard an audible voice saying to her, I am your father. The voice was so real, she turned to see who had come into the kitchen, but there was no one there. Again the voice came, I am your father, and I have always been your father. She realized something on that day. Her conception, though it might have been viewed as an accident in man's eyes, she was not an accident in God's eyes. Her conception was the eternal purpose of a loving God who had spoken into her being before the foundation of the world. From the first chapter in the first book of this Bible, we see God's purpose. We see, we read a series of statements 
on how God wanted to create this world. And then after each creation, we read, and it was so. God's purpose are sometimes countered by the theme of sin and rebellion in the Bible. But as each of you who are children of God know, sin and rebellion does not stop God's purpose. God says, I will accomplish my purpose of having a nation to serve me through Abraham. And so called, and, and so God called Abraham and Abraham was ready. Then God said, I will accomplish my purpose through the Israelites and make them a nation. So he gave Moses instructions to pull Israelites out of Egypt and bring them to the promised land. Then God says, I want my, my purpose to spread to the entire world. Here enters Jesus Christ. Through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection, there are people from every tribe and nation and kingdom and ethnic group from all over the world serving and following the changeless God. There are so many examples of God's purpose being accomplished through people in the Bible. I think of Ruth. Ruth was a woman who chose to walk into God's purpose. She made a brave choice to leave everything she, she was comfortable with, everything she knew from a young life, to go over where God wanted her. And because she, want, she walked into God's purpose, God blessed her, and she would eventually be in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Today, if you are not a follower of Christ, I ask you, are you willing, into, willing to walk into God's purpose for your life by accepting Him and living for Him? God's desire is that all should come to repentance and follow Him. If you are a child of God who accepted Jesus Christ as a Savior, I have a question for you. Like Ruth, do we walk into God's purpose as a daily exercise in our life? Our God's purpose does not change. But sometimes we need to change so that we can walk into God's purpose. Sometimes we need to step off our comfort zone, comfort zone to walk into God's purpose. It is each of our responsibility to find God's purpose in our life and then walk into that purpose. There are many non-believers who point to several verses in the Bible and say that it is a falsehood that God does not change. It is a falsehood that God does not change because there is evidence in the Bible that God changes his mind. They quote several passages around it. For example, Genesis chapter 6, verse 6 talks about how when God saw the wickedness of the world before the flood, and it says that he was sorry that he made man on the earth. Another passage is quoted is Jonah. Jonah was assigned to go to Nineveh and deliver them the message that in 40 days everything shall be overthrown. But we read in Jonah chapter 3, we read that Nineveh repented and, and so God spared Nineveh. So some people argue that God is not changeless because he changed his mind. 
So let me ask you, ask you these questions. Do these examples make us question the immutability of God? Most certainly not. Why? Because immutability applies to the nature of God. He is always God. And He is always infinitely powerful. Never will God fail to accomplish His will due to a change in His power to accomplish His purposes. Second, whatever the attributes of God were before the universe was called into existence, they are precisely the same now and will remain same forever. When Jonah protested God's dealings with the Ninevites, Jonah himself made it clear God was not acting inconsistently with his character, but rather he was acting predictably. Jonah himself says, isn't it what I said, Lord, when I was still at, still at home? That is why I tried to feel to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relent from sending calamity. Jonah chapter 4 verses 1 to 2. When God stopped the calamity on the people of Nineveh, he was acting consistent with his character, which is to show compassion on those who repent. We have a God who judges, but we also have a God who shows compassion on those who repent. Jeremiah chapters 18, verses 7 and 8, God says, At one moment, I might speak in concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom, kingdom to uproot, to pull down or to destroy it. If that nation against, against which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent concerning the calamity I planned to bring on it. Also in Genesis, when we read that the Lord was sorry that he had made mankind, it doesn't mean that God felt that his decision to create mankind was a mistake. Rather, the focus of God's sorrow is the wickedness of mankind, who not only bears his image, but also was without sin at the beginning of the creation. After sinning, the intent of man's heart was only evil continually, and God's heart is grieved because of this. So we covered the first two points. God's promises do not change, and God's purpose do not change. Now let's uh, move to the third point. The third point is God's provision. God's provision is unchangeable. We read many examples in the Bible where God provided for his people. From the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, there are many examples of God continually providing. From the spring of water for Hagar, Hagar to water from a rock for the Israelites, to manna for the Israelites, to bread for Elijah from ravens, to feeding the 5,000 and many more. Me, we even read how Jesus cooked on shore some fish to feed the disciples. The same God that we read, we read cared for all those heroes in the Bible. It's the same God that cares for you and me. The God that took care of Daniel, David, Peter and Paul is the same God that loves you and cares for you and me. We read in the Bible, Matthew chapter 10 verse 29, Abe alluded to his uh, worship thoughts, the same point, somewhat similar point. 
Matthew chapter 10 verse 29 are not two sparrows sold for a penny yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care and even when every hairs of your head are all numbered so do not be afraid you are worth more than many sparrows I realize that some of us don't have too many hairs to number I also losing hair but God takes care of us. He is our provision. So we covered God's promises, how God's purpose and how God's provision is unchanged. Now let's talk about God's personality. Our personality changes often. My wife Eunice will tell me that I was a very impatient man when we first got married. But after marriage, she says she taught me patience. But I say, I had no choice but to be patient after marriage. <laughs> we change and our personality changes as we get older and as we go through different experiences. The other day I had a tough day at work and I did not feel like talking to anyone. I just wanted to sit somewhere and do some mindless activities. Eunice and Jonathan immediately noticed that I was acting different. God does not change his personality. God never has a bad day. God never has a bad day. God never says, I'm not in the mood to listen to your prayers or listen to your cries. We never have to say, well, this was a tough week for God. Maybe we should table our request until next week. God has compassion on us even if there are changes in our lives. For example, if we are poor one day and rich another, God does not treat us differently. If we are sick one day and healthy another, God does not change his relationship with us. We may change our relationship with God, but God always craves a relationship with us. Whether we are rich or poor, sick or well, happy or distressed, God does not change. Some people struggle with understanding another people's, another person's personality. I read one time uh, that there are several ways to assess the personality of a person quickly. One way is to watch them drive in heavy traffic. We know some people, uh, how people drive in heavy traffic. Another way is to play tennis with them and watch them how they react. Another way is to watch and listen how they talk to their parents when they think you are not watching. Another way is to watch how they treat those who serve them, such as waiters or maids. Yet another way is to watch what they spend their money on. And finally, a way to understand the personality is to look at their friends. A person's friends say a lot about the personality of that person. You see, people can hide different parts of their personality from us. God does not hide his personality from us. His behavior to us is consistent and dependable. We talked about God's promises, purpose, provision, and personality never changing. Let's talk about God's fifth point, 
God's prophecies never change. God's prophecies never change. Do you know there is a book called The World's Worst Predictions? The World's Worst Predictions. It lists all the predictions that were completely wrong. Here are some of the items listed in the in that book. King George II said in 1773 that the American colonies had little stomach for revolution. Here is one about the Titanic, the ship. An official of the White Star Line, the company that built the Titanic, launched in 1912, declared the ship was unsinkable. In 1939, the New York Times, this is an interesting one, in 1939, the New York Times said the problem of TV was that people had to glue their eyes to a screen and that the average American would not have time for it. An English astronomy professor said in the early 19th century that air travel at high speed would be impossible because passengers would suffocate. You know, people can make bad predictions. But a changeless God, an all-knowing God, makes prophecies that are always true. The Bible is filled with prophecies that never change because they were made by a God who never changes. The same compassionate God is a just who must punish, punish sin. The only way to get out of punishment of sin is to accept the grace that God extends to us through Jesus Christ. Jesus is our path to heaven. There are many good promises in this book, but there are also promises about what happens if we reject Jesus Christ. John chapter 8 verse 24 says, If you reject him, you will die in your sins. In Romans chapter 6 verse 23, Paul wrote, The wages of sin is death. In James chapter 1 verse 15, James described how sin brings forth death. Also in Revelation chapter 20 verse 15, John talks about the judgment before God's great white throne and we read that anyone's name not written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. Many of you heard the tragic news last week. This is a sad story. Five people died on the Ocean Gate Titan submersible, submersible vehicle when the sub imploded in the ocean. Supposedly, when the sub was being built, the founder had been notified of several safety concerns by engineers on how it was being built. But each of those concerns were ignored. And after, just after 20 dives, the sub collapsed and all five people passed away in the blink of an eye. It is a very sad story. In this Bible, there are prophetic warnings that we should not ignore. But there is also prophetic hope. There is also prophetic hope. We who are children of God are continually trying to change to become more and more like our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is one of the best prophecies I love to see one day. The Bible prophesies in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet... For the trumpet will sound, 
the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed what a prophetic hope and we will be changed there will be a final change in each of those who received Christ and that change will be get into an immortal body that will live forever with him we will be with our god that never changes forever and ever there is a change and decay all around us but we have a changeless god as our beacon of hope as our light that does not shift like shadows because of that we have god we have god's changeless promises god's changeless purpose god's changeless provision god's unchanging personality and god's unchanging prophecy from a god that never changes and we can be eternally grateful for that let's conclude in prayer dear father we thank you for the opportunity to learn from your word today oh lord we thank you that you are an unchanging god you are an immutable god your love your kindness and your mercy gives us the hope of spending eternity with you father we thank you that you are a changeless god who is full of compassion father we ask that your holy spirit continues to work in us to renew us so that we can be become more and more like you we want to change ourselves to be more like you please help us to do that we pray all these things in and through the precious name of our lord and savior jesus christ amen